everyone welcome to invisible a master class on global education powered by brain wonders in partnership with helios edicor ambi class and pertardo school of music this third edition of master class series will take you on a short journey of transformation we are so thrilled to introduce you with 30 global educators selected from 30 countries in this master class innovative topic informative content and progressive ideas are being shared with you we remain hopeful that this and forthcoming sessions will inspire you to bring about that possible change to take your school community to a new direction of development my name is namrata and i will be your moderator for today i represent india's largest counseling organization brain wonders with 108 global centers Brain Wonders has been revolutionizing the face of career guidance, academic development and personal growth via its US patented DMIT and online psychometric test. Founded by Mr. Manish Naidu over the past decade, Brain Wonders has been nationally awarded on seven platforms including recognition for being the most trusted and digitally innovative career counseling company. Excellence and passion is what Brain Wonders strives for. and with that let's begin today's session before i welcome today's speaker i request all our audience to immerse themselves in the session and hold their questions which will be addressed right after the session i present to you today's speaker michael jebauer who's joining us from germany michael jebauer is a professor in dialectics of primary school education at the martin luther university in halle germany He worked as a teacher for science and English language in secondary schools for more than 12 years and was a co-founder of a democratic school. He was also the co-founder of European Democratic Education Community known as UDEC and organized the first UDEC conference in Leipzig. His major fields of research are environmental education and human rights-based democratic and inclusive education. He has been working as an author of school books, teaching materials and articles for more than 30 years now. His session today will draw upon his experiences and expertise. Over to you Michael. Okay, thank you very much. Yes. Uh, okay, so dear friends from India, I'm very proud and happy to uh take this opportunity to introduce you to a special approach of teaching and learning and uh, my talk uh, is titled participation in democratic education and uh, when we go on move on to the next slide and uh, now um yeah can we get the next slide please all right um and this is a the subtitle students participation in human rights respecting democratic schools um and i would will i try to introduce this approach to you and uh, yeah this this first slide this introduction slide shows that we <coughs> we have to deal with a with a huge problem of of inequality globally so and uh, i hopefully can uh, show you a way how we can handle this uh, for the future So, can we move on to the next slide please? Yes, okay. So, the first of all, I would like to uh give you a 
a brief overview of the, the evolution of learning theories over the, let's say, over the 20th century, starting by, well, on the uh, top right side. Uh, uh, yeah, for a long period of time, we, we uh, in school, the paradigm of behaviorism <coughs> was, was, was uh, so to say, uh, fundamental, uh, where the learners were passive and learners uh, learning and uh, uh, people learn by external processes and the positive or negative reinforcement. And uh, but and uh, during the the second half of the 20th century, this was was uh, substituted by by the new paradigm of cognitivism introduced by uh, Piaget. One uh, oh, it's gone now. Okay. So let's go to full screen again. Okay, which was introduced by Jean Piaget, a very famous uh, psychologist and educator in Europe. And this cognitivist approach, uh, so this goes beyond external, this internal process. It just focuses on the internal processing of, of uh, learning and uh, on the uh, short and long-term memory by, by uh, input from the teacher. You can read the, the, the characteristics, the methods on the right-hand side by yourself. And uh, let's say in the last third of the 20th century, this was substituted by, by a new paradigm, which, was, which is called constructivism. Uh, the learner builds uh, on personal experience and uh, yes, yeah, a social and active uh, learning process. And this constructivism is an utterly, utterly individualistic uh, approach. Uh, connected to the, let's say, technological and economical development during the, the second half of the 20th century. But now we are in a, a new phase or we are working under a new paradigm, which is called connectivism. And, uh, and this is, I think this is, uh, this has, all, uh, has just uh, begun to, to uh, transform schools into new, uh, <clears throat> yeah, uh, facilities of learning. Uh, this is, as you can read, the, a kind of a, a self-directed learning process and, uh, and people work in fluid networks. And uh, the methods I wish to introduce uh, this briefly to you are self-directed quest for content, a sharing of content and sources, spontaneous learning groups, or as I call it, fluid learning groups, and creative knowledge collaboratively. So this is and uh, under this paradigm or this paradigm of, of connectivism, uh, which will be uh, very important in the in the next phase of, of human development, I would say, or development of uh, of teaching and learning, uh, create uh, demands a totally different view on teaching and learning. Move on to the next slide, please. Yeah, okay. Uh, now we've got uh, those four paradigms again on the top, and I uh, will just try to, to explain them more, more de in detail. Uh, this, the, two, uh, the first uh, two paradigms on the left-hand side, behaviorism and cognitivism, um, the, uh, the, the, those learning processes are externally induced, and it's a kind of a directed learning by a teacher who is a professional and who uh, holds the knowledge. And, uh, and uh, the two new paradigms, or the newer ones, constructivism and connectivism, are both modes of kind of self-directed uh, directed learning. These, uh, these four paradigms uh, are characterized by different roles of the teacher. 
behaviorism is characterized or characterizes the teacher as an instructor. He gives instructions and the students have to follow those instructions. He's the holder or, or the one who who uh, knows everything about what what we, we taught. And uh, and uh, as you can see at the on the bottom or the, at the bottom, and uh, by positive and negative reinforcement and punishment and reward systems. And uh, uh, you, you can't don't imagine that or please don't imagine that that this this uh, paradigm is is uh, so to say past. It's still uh, active or is still use in use. Uh, in many schools nowadays, even in Germany too, or, or many pe uh, teachers, especially those who are uh, who were taught long ago or who uh, studied long ago, are, uh, still stick to this this paradigm. The uh, cognitive in the role of teacher, teacher in cognitivism is uh, he's a trainer and a tutor. Yeah, and the uh, stu the students learn most effectively through reading texts and lecture instructions. You can imagine this is this is uh, the most frequent style of learning you will find uh, in in schools nowadays. Still, in constructivism, the teacher can be characterized as a coach, and students use former their own former experiences and new information to construct their own individual meaning. Uh, this is a naturally individualistic approach to teaching and learning. And uh, in, in connectivism, this new paradigm, and uh, in my opinion, this this um, uh, paradigm which will will uh, uh, be uh, the most important uh, perspective on teaching and learning for the near future. And this under this paradigm, the teacher it could be described as a mentor. And so the students acquire and process information and solve problems in fluid, collaboratively uh, working networks. Uh, I hope this is self-explanatory so that we can move on to the next slide. Okay, um, now the, when we, we try to imagine that um, that uh, schools are in transition towards a new paradigm, which fits to the digital age, which fits to an age with with uh, where people are moving from from one culture and from one country to another. Um, we have to to develop uh, uh, new competences and skills, and uh, and uh, uh, on both sides, I would say. Uh, uh, the teachers uh, have to acquire new skills and uh, competences, and they also have to to uh, to transfer uh, or these or, uh, or facilitate or support uh, these skills and competences in the classroom. Yeah, and uh, first, um, first of all. I would uh, on the left hand side. I would like to introduce you to you the maybe you know this already. It's not new, but it's it's. I think it it's still a, a very important approach, the the uh, the approach of the life skills or ten core life skills, which were invented or which was invented by the World Health Organization in the 1980s of the last century, and uh, these you can read by yourself that the. the these uh, these uh, core life skills. Uh, when we start on the bottom, it's decision making, coping with stress, managing emotions, empathy, self awareness, interpersonal skills, uh, positive communication, uh, and critical thinking, creative thinking, and problem solving. Yeah, and uh, we, we when we imagine uh, transition in school 
uh, to a to a way of teaching and learning which fits to to the new uh, way of organizing economy uh, uh, of a developing technology of uh, digital uh, learning uh, environments and so on and so on so you can imagine that these these uh, core life skills are really important uh, on one hand for the teacher yeah who needs all this uh, all these uh, these uh, core life skills to maintain and uh, to create uh, a learning environment which facilitates uh, students' uh, competences and, and skills. And on the right-hand side, you can see the four domains of global competence, which, uh, uh, which are pretty new. Uh, when we start, when we start on the right-hand side, recognize perspectives. Re students recognize their own and other perspective perspectives. These, uh, this is this perspective is very much uh, connected to uh, intercultural learning as well. We we are living in a in a highly connected world, uh, so uh, where the cultural barriers uh, don't function anymore in this way. So I'm talking to you from Germany, and most of you are in India right now. So this is a gives a good example of uh, of what 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 I mean. So uh, we have to to acquire this this global competence of uh, recognizing uh, different perspectives. Yeah, the next. Uh, the next competence, communicate ideas. Students communicate their ideas effectively with uh, diverse audiences. This means uh, 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 building networks and, and uh, communities, learning uh, learning or uh, learners communities uh, without any branches, any barriers, so to say, uh, fluid networks where they uh, can associate and, and work together um, effectively. Yeah, the next um, the next uh, competence is called um, uh, take action. Students translate their ideas and into appropriate action and to improve conditions. Yeah, this this is already linked to to the, to the idea of participation and democratic education, so to say. Uh, as you can imagine, this this whole concept. The, the core life skills and the domains of global competence they they uh, they are they work properly and and uh, fruitfully in an atmosphere uh, where where all uh, people who are involved or students teachers and staff um, participate in decision making participate in creating learning environments and uh, and in democratic processes which means there is no hierarchical understanding of 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 a school or as a system of a social system uh, uh, where people uh, work together to improve the conditions. And the last uh, on the top left side, investigate the world. Students investigate the world beyond their immediate environment. This is very important in a highly connected global uh, globalized world, I think. So uh, here we have this connection to intercultural learning uh, uh, once again. Yeah, okay, thank you very much. Let's uh, move on to the next slide. Yeah, participation in democratic education. Now we try to, to, to connect uh, this first short part of my, my uh, talk uh, uh, about skills and, uh, and, and competences required uh, under the perspective, perspective of the paradigm of cognitivism to, to particip participation in democratic education. Uh, 
These quotes are from the UN Convention uh, on the Rights of Children. Uh, uh, and uh, I would just you can read it by re read, just read it out for you so that you can just uh, relax and listen. This is this is originally from from the UN Convention. So participa participation of children and young people is one of the general principles of the UN Convention on the Rights of Children, as it plays a fundamental role in realizing all the rights in the Convention for all children. One of the relevant articles of the Convention that addresses the principle of participation is Article 12, the right to be heard. Article 12 says that every child has the right to express their views, feelings and wishes in all matters affecting them and to have their views considered and taken seriously. This principle recognizes children and young people as actors in their own lives and applies at all time throughout a child's life. The right to participation is one of the most important principles uh, in becoming a human rights and children's rights respecting and promoting school. Yeah, and this is uh, what I would like to point at the last the last uh, um, quote. So uh, what can we do uh, to create uh, a school which is uh, respecting and promoting uh, children's rights or human rights, as you can say. On the right hand side, I just found this UN Convention in child-friendly language. You can find it online. This is a very nice and beautiful, uh, so to say, abbreviation of, of this UN Convention. Yes, okay, let's move on to the next slide, please. Yeah, okay. So now we have to take a closer look at participation and democratic education. Participation is, a, uh, as you... As I've mentioned before, or quoted the, the UN um, Convention, uh, participation is is uh, really uh, at the core of, of, of a new uh, view or perspective on teaching and learning, on creating a learning at, uh, environments, and on uh, regarding the transition of, of schools or the, uh, the school system. Uh, first of all, on the right-hand side, the definition from the World Health Organization in uh, 2002, uh, the World Health Organization is uh, one of the organizations or the uh, global organization which is promoting uh, participation um, globally. And the definition, as you can read by yourself, is a process by which people are enabled to become actively and generally involved in defining the issues of concern to them in making decisions about factors that affect their lives. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> And formulating and implementing policies, in planning, developing, and delivering services, and in taking action to achieve change. And I think this is what we really need in schools nowadays. And uh, but we don't have uh, regarding teaching and learning or regarding the setting of the school. Uh, people don't have, or most people don't have, uh, most teachers. I know from my own experience, from my time when I was a teacher at a at a comprehensive school in Germany for many years. Uh, most people and most teachers don't have a clear understanding of participation. Uh, Roger Hart, an American uh, researcher, once uh, invented the letter of participation and uh, it goes from the bottom to the top uh, so to say and uh, it's for me it when i when i first encountered this this letter of participation uh, it, it i i realized that i myself during my time as a teacher i i, I had no clear understanding of participation so i always tried intuitively so to say to promote um, um, participation 
uh, but this 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 uh, this letter, so to say, uh, gave me a very uh, a deep insight into what what it what it means to 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 uh, yeah to create an atmosphere of participation in schools. When you go down, uh, the first three uh, ranks are not they, 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 we don't have any participation. Young people are manipulated. Uh, young people uh, students are used as a decoration. Or young people are tokenized. This there is no real participation uh, in this section. Um, and then we, when we move on, young people assigned and are assigned and informed. Young people are consulted and informed. This this the 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 the, 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 the possibility to participate rises from step to step. And then we move on to number six: adult initiated shared decision with young people. This is still very much conducted by by the teachers, of course. And uh, now the the last two steps or the bottom racks are the young people lead and initiate action, and young people and adults sharing decision making. This is the so to say highest or the most elaborated. Uh, uh, way of uh, particip of uh, creating a participative atmosphere in, in schools when young people and uh, and adults share uh, decision making on uh, on all the topics they are affected by. Okay, thank you very much. Could you please move on to the next uh, slide? Okay, students' uh, participation in human rights based schools. So my my goal and my vision is uh, the trend that we we uh, so to say support the transition of the the present school system the transition of schools and and also the the understanding of teaching and learning of the teachers of the staff and to transition towards a human rights based school and uh, to, towards human rights based schools and uh, i would would just uh, try to introduce to you the the features of of uh, or the, the 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 different perspectives which are involved yeah uh, as you can uh, follow uh, by reading, teachers cooperate with children and young people in an inclusive way to ensure their, that their views are heard and valued in democratic or soci sociocratic decision making. Participation is a right, an entitlement and not a permission. This is very important and uh, I don't know, may, most of you will uh, are teachers uh, yourself, I suppose, uh, working uh, in schools. And uh, democratic or sociocratic processes of decision making are, are becoming more and more important important in creating, uh, uh, so to say, connectivist uh, learning environments. Second point: the experience of participation should be relevant, informed, voluntary, safe, respectful, and transparent. Children must not be pressured into participatory activities and independent advocacy support should be sought where pro appropriate. Yeah, so it's okay. that's sure you can't impose uh, participation on people. Yeah, it's, it's always an active and voluntary process, a process that supports uh, their own uh, self-actualization. Third point, which is very important for me, there is no minimum age at which children can participate and younger children should be offered appropriate support in line with their evolving capacities to play an increasing informed and active role in the school's life. 
so we can we can and this is my own experience we can start at a very early age to to involve uh, students or children into process of processes of participation and decision making and the uh, next point schools create an environment that is con uh, conductive to participation a wide range of opportunities are provided for all children to become involved in democratic or sociocratic decision making in different contexts including in governing bodies, staff appointments, curriculum planning, and evaluating teaching and learning. And the next point, children and young people are su uh, supported to get involved and the impact of participation on policy development and outcomes uh, for children is reviewed. Yeah, and the next point is very important to me too. Uh, participation is, is not an one-off, one-off uh, event-based undertaking or an end in itself, but it's an overarching principle which builds a meaningful, a meaningful, non-violent, dialogic, and ongoing process of communication between children and staff. So, and we move on to the last point. For children and young people knowing that they have the right to be heard and participate in, decision, in decisions which, which affect their boots, not only their sense of security, boosts, sorry, not only their sense of security, but also their self-confidence. This opens the way to developing and applying the skills, language and concepts that empower them to claim their rights and to advocate for the rights of children everywhere. So yeah, this is uh, all the. I think these points uh, uh, create an image or a vision uh, how we can uh, we can uh, uh, support uh, participation or create at an atmosphere, an environment of participation uh, in uh, in a school. Okay, thank you very much. Can we move on to the ne next one, please? Okay, yeah. This is also my last slide, so that I will keep uh, 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 my talk within the time frame. Yeah, this uh, shows a, <laughs> a bunch of, of kids from school. Yeah, and there we have uh, this, uh, this, uh, this uh, very brief, uh, or my message in a very brief form. Uh, so, what is our goal? To help young people develop to their uh, fullest potential and as effective local, national and global citizens and develop education communities that know, promote, and live, live human rights and res responsibilities. Yeah, and it's important to recognize human rights mission, learn about human rights and responsibilities, and apply rights and responsibilities lens. Yeah, okay, this is, uh, this is my message for, for you today. And I hope uh, I will, you will ask quite a lot of questions. Uh, I forgot to introduce myself uh, at the beginning of the talk because I was a little bit nervous, uh, but I will, will uh, do this now. Um, uh, I, uh, after my, my university years, I worked as a teacher for, for something like 12 years uh, in a comprehensive school in Germany. <clears throat> I th taught <coughs> science and uh, English. And uh, after that, uh, uh, after my PhD and so on, I, I started to work at, the uni at different universities. 
Uh, I was always in, in academic teacher training, uh, uh, responsible for the didactics of, of science education. And, uh, and uh, uh, a few years ago, I uh, had the opportunity to, to uh, so to say, to establish uh, a democratic school in Germany. Uh, 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 so to say, which is uh, completely different from from the state schools, from the governmental uh, schools, and I was a was a headmaster of this school for several years. Besides my my university obligations, and uh, I, so I had to to I had the opportunity, uh, not only in theory but also in practice, to to realize uh, <coughs> and uh, what what I was. What I was talking about in, uh, now uh, or in this talk, and I made uh, I myself made the experience. This is therefore uh, at least under the the specific cultural conditions in Germany, but I know many many because I'm in this this uh, democratic education community for something like for 15 or 20 years now. I know and I visited uh, several schools all over the world. Which uh, working, which are working uh, uh, um, uh, to achieve this or to establish the same or realize the same vision, and uh, I made my from my own experience. I can say this is uh, independent from from the cultural setting or from the background of teachers and students. It 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 works uh, pretty well. Uh, all over the world, and I think this is uh, really uh, an appropriate vision for the future and a way <laughs> how we can, can, uh, can achieve a transition in, in uh, teaching and learning and a transition in school systems and schools all over the world. Okay, so I, I think I almost uh, managed to, to keep in the time frame. Thank you very much for listening to me. Thank you very much for joining this this uh, session now. And uh, if there are any questions, feel free to to ask me. A lot of questions very soon. So the audience, you can put on your questions in the chat box or in the activity sections. And okay, I will be very happy to answer it. Uh, take a look at the checks. So I hope I can't hear anything uh, right now. Uh, are there uh, already uh, any questions? <clears throat> ah, it's, I can. I see the first question. If someone wants to start a democratic school in India, please suggest steps to do so. Okay. Well, well, there's a. We had this this uh, international democratic education conference uh, uh, two years ago in Bangalore, in India. And uh, uh, I was there, and I had the opportunity to meet uh, several people from from uh, India who are already uh, working on projects like that. And uh, the, the the easiest way would be to to address uh, the the uh, international the IDEC. It's called International Democratic Education Conference. There's a very very uh, well maintained uh, website, and and uh, connect with people from India. Uh, by by this way, uh, it's uh, to 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 answer this question. It's it, I think the the conditions are uh, not easily to compare between let's say Germany or India because in Germany it's a very long term process to establish a democratic school. I think it's as far as I know it's 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 easier uh, to do so in India. 
uh, I know several uh, very successful, uh, successfully working democratic schools already. And uh, um, by the steps, uh, uh, I think the first step is to 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 address the the, the local government and and ask for the conditions, and uh, and uh, and uh, uh, normally it's uh, uh, the uh, uh, parents of of, uh, of the students who are interested in in a in a such a process are the ones who who uh, start to so, so or who enter the process to establish. That's such a school, so it's important to make contact with with the with the government and uh, the local authorities who are in charge of of, of school uh, issues, and uh, and then uh, find or, or, or uh, yeah find uh, parents who are willing to to uh, to send their kids uh, to a democratic school, and they have so to say they have to to uh, work actively towards uh, um, such a project. But my, my advice would be uh, address uh, via uh, or, or use the, the IDEC network, the International Democratic Education Network, you can find this on the website, to connect with, with people from India who are already, uh, who've already established uh, democratic schools in India. Hi, Mikhail. This is Hema Devrajan. Hi. Uh, it was a nice sharing about uh, the democratic way of schooling for the students. And uh, many of us are interested in knowing how to make it more democratic for the students. But the challenges are for the teachers also. We are brought up in a system where we haven't experienced to be democratic or as a student, those who are as teacher right now, they haven't got the experience to be democratic. They do have challenges and those teachers, how they will get out of their ego clashes and uh, your experiences and uh, how to make it more a democratic space for the students. Children who are very positive, they can get adopted to be democratic. But what about the adults and the system? And all that kindly explain that. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Yes. Thank you very much. <laughs> I appreciate this question very much. Yeah, but it's it's uh, very much the same uh, in Germany or uh, I would say all over the world. So uh, children, from my experience as a teacher, from my experience in many, many projects with different schools, they have an intuitive sense for, for uh, participation and democratic decision making. So uh, I think... Uh, Every child rejects injustice. Every child rejects feeling rejected. Every child, uh, 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 no, no child likes it to be pushed back and, and so on. So from this side, I think children are very open to this this way of of uh, of this this way of teaching and learning, or of this to these these learning environments. But the the problem, as you said, were like. If I get you right, uh, are uh, the adults or are the the the, the mainstream uh, the way of 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 academic teacher training? Uh, um, 
So when they uh, they experience uh, uh, the future teachers or the teachers in service, they they have experienced a, a traditional school system. They went through uh, the university phase, which uh, which pretty is is a tra uh, very traditional uh, in Germany and, and 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 I think in most countries of the world. And uh, uh, and then they they go through a, through an apprenticeship uh, at least in Germany. Uh, uh, to become teachers, and they uh, because uh, there are no democratic structures, there are no no there's no involvement in into the democrat democratic decision making and participation during their own life experience. They they don't have any sense or any any vision uh, uh, of a, of a democratic participative uh, a way of of creating a, or. or uh, uh, yeah, establishing a school and teaching and learning, and our way is uh, the way we we are uh, at least my way uh, at the university and and as, uh, the way of some of my colleagues is to to establish as much uh, as we can as much as of a democratic and uh, participation oriented culture in in uh, academic teacher training, uh, but I can from my own experience I can only tell you there are. Only very few students uh, who, who open for uh, who open up to this this new perspective, because they they are so, they are socialized in a in a not undemocratic system but a system, but they are socialized in in uh, in, an, in a non-participative uh, 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 so to say uh, culture, yeah. And this is a serious problem we have to face. So this is not a very, very uh, hope, uh, constructive answer, I know, but <laughs> yeah, this is the, the, the reality, yeah, I think. So we have to implement as much uh, participation as we can, as much uh, democratic decision making uh, as we can in, into, uh, into the whole system uh, from, from, from the early childhood uh, institutions, uh, from the kindergarten or what it's called in India maybe, uh, uh, to primary school, to, to secondary to school, to university and so on. Thank you. Yes, <laughs> welcome. So we are expecting more questions. Uh, in my experience, um, like I was there in um, IDEC last year. That is ah, yes. a year before last oh. year. So we, met, so we met yeah. before. Yeah. And um, I, as a head of the school, I had challenges when I started to be democratic after reading the book of A.S. Neil and mm -hmm. um, um, seeing all the videos of uh, Summerhill, I was highly inspired to be a democratic leader for my school. But my teachers were not ready to be democratic. They were tuned to be in the autocratic way and um, yes. they were not ready to give space for the children. I had to talk a lot. By that time, they were coming, uh, shedding out their egos. That was the beautiful experience when you create a democratic space. So I thought you might have different stories. I just wanted to listen. That was my um, interest to ask a previous question, Michael. Ah uh, yes, okay. Thank you very much. Yeah, but I can also only tell you I don't have uh, my experience is is not very different from yours. 
So it's I think it's it's a, a, a general problem. So to say, how can we we uh, yeah um, sort of promote uh, um, uh, a process where teachers open up to to democratic teaching because it's always a matter of 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 control yeah and uh, uh, school functions very um, very much uh, based on on uh, on uh, uh, having control over the situation control over kids and uh, uh, I realized that the most important point is to change the perspective perspective on children and on childhood in general yes so that we we have to to uh, move on from from this traditional way of seeing uh, children as as uh, uh, not fully developed uh, and not not being able to to make decisions uh, Concerning their their own lives and and uh, and uh, their their belongings, uh, so uh, uh, towards a, a perspective to regard or to look at children as as uh, very competent, yeah, to 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 uh, to uh, yeah make decisions and conduct their own interests and in, in life, uh, uh, so to say. And and this this is the most, uh, in my opinion, now this is the 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 the, the biggest or the the, uh, the the yeah the biggest barrier or obstacle uh, in uh, uh, creating a democratic school. Yeah, the the perspective or the way uh, uh, teachers uh, see children in a very traditional uh, hierarchical way. Yeah, and very so beautifully would, said, but uh, it's, a, it's a student space yes. where we are uh, uh, guiding them and we are, as a mentor, we have to create a space with the democratic perspective. Very beautifully said. Thank you. Yes, thank you very much. Thank you, sir. I think we have a few, we have enough time and a few more questions to go. So, participants, you can post your questions here. Yes, please. I think people are still thinking whether we can be democratic. <laughs> yes. It's a big question. India really. is, I'm, India I'm sure a... you... So, um, let me... Maybe I'll be, if there aren't any questions right now, we just try to tell you something a, 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 a personal a, a very a recent personal experience uh, for those uh, I mentioned this this IDEC this this conference in the, which is also uh, IDEC is also a network a global network of, of democratic teaching and uh, or democratic teachers and uh, uh, this year the conference should be held in, in uh, Nepal in Kathmandu, in a very uh, special place, I visited several times during the last uh, years, but it wasn't. But due to this this pandemic situation, it wasn't possible. But I can tell you, I I've been to this this place where this where the the IDEC was supposed to to be this year or to happen this year, and uh, 
and I've seen uh, a democratic education under the conditions of uh, of uh, Nepal and in uh, situated in the culture of Nepal. And I think it's in some way maybe comparable as far as I know and from what I've seen in, in different countries and also in India, it's a, a comparable. And it's so beautiful to see a fully functioning uh, democratic school setting. Uh, which uh, is, is respecting uh, or implementing uh, the human rights or the children's rights uh, a, on a broad scale. So I think, and from the last few years, from 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 participating in this this global network of democratic education, I think it's uh, the the countries like like India, for example, or countries like Nepal, countries like like South Korea and so on uh, in Asia, especially there there are there they are uh, already far ahead. Uh, those schools uh, I I know pretty well. They are already far ahead in creating such a democratic atmosphere because the demand in in society for change, yeah, for for for. Uh, change uh, uh, in a, on a global pack perspective is is very high, so uh, much higher than maybe the, uh, than in, in in the developed Western countries, uh, where, where it's uh, the, the the necessity for 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 transition is not not so strong, uh, or uh, it's it's not taken so seriously. Yeah, there's, uh, this is not a, a, a question, but a statement. Heads of, heads of school has lots of responsibilities if one chooses to be democratic. That's the way to be peaceful. Yeah. Uh, okay, that's that's very true. I think the the, the headmasters or headmistresses of, of schools are, are the ones who have to initiate uh, change. Yeah, so it's, it's really true because uh, uh, they are the ones who are in charge and responsible for for maintaining the school for transition in school, and uh, and so uh, yeah, uh, this is uh, this is the first uh, or those are the first ones who uh, should be inspired by by the idea of democratic education and and participation in schools. Yeah, that's very true. Yes, so I think that i think what you're saying is absolutely resonating with us on a lot of aspects because uh, i was just thinking you know in the back of my mind that india is the largest uh, democracy but then um, when it comes to education which is actually the building block of any country i think uh, as a as a civilization all of us could use democratic and consent based methods you know to actually involve everybody and move towards something that what we can call as a holistic education yes and i won't yes. even say that it is an advanced method of education it's just the right method of education <laughs> so thank you so much for enlightening us today sir i think it was very uh, wonderful for all of us all the audience present today the way you connected with us uh, on a lot of points i think it got all of us thinking and yes. uh, we would definitely love to collaborate with you in future sir i'm not only talking about myself but i'm sure all the educators today here were in awe of what you were saying 
Yes. Thank you very much uh, yeah, for your comment. Yes, I'm, I, I, uh, you can find my email address in the presentation. Uh, please contact me uh, yeah, if you think it is uh, it's meaningful and uh, takes the whole thing further. Uh, it was very, I'm very proud and, and happy to, that I had this opportunity to, to talk to you today. And I'm very much interested in, in the global transition of education uh, myself, of course. Yeah, thank you very much. I wish you. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, can, you can uh, you can uh, address uh, me and and uh, for whatever uh, purpose or, or intention. Uh, thank you very much for giving me this opportunity to talk to you today, and I feel very much connected to you now. This was a very 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 uh, yeah fruitful and 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 um, uh, wonderful experience for me too. Thank you very much. Bye. Have a nice day. Hope to see you again day, one day. Sir. Thank, Thank you, Michael. Thank you.